It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Josh Wigler here with another episode of Everything is Super WandaVision Edition. Just a quick note that there are going to be WandaVision spoilers for episode five immediately. And by, you know, I guess you would expect that, right? This is the WandaVision episode five podcast that you're listening to. You would expect that. But like we go into it immediately, like into the into like the big stuff. So like, just want you to know that this is episode five in case you're for whatever reason, you're like, oh, it's episode four. I've only seen through it. This is through episode five. So that's the spoiler warning. I'm just being cautious. I'm just looking out for all you. Just want to make sure that everything works out, you know? And anyway, uh, we're going to have a great show. Before we get into it, let me tell you a quick uh, thing. Let's uh, get a word in for our sponsors. Those are our friends at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too. Because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And this is Everything is Wonderful. Stop right there. Vision. The world outside your window, it's red. There's a big red barrier. Oh my god, what is this big red barrier outside the window? Ah, everything's wonderful. It's the WandaVision podcast here on Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wiggler, joined here by uh I was gonna make a joke of like someone playing Kevin Mahadeo. <laughs> I'm Norm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like who is like the Evan Peters of your Aaron Taylor Johnson? Uh, Cal Penn. <laughs> <laughs> Upgrade. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm into it. Unbelievable. Uh, Kevin is here. Latanya is not this week taking the week off as Kevin and I are going to dig in to episode five of WandaVision. And I was going to say something akin to like spoiler alert right off the jump. Maybe I'll go back in time and record some kind of spoiler alert at the beginning of this because we kind of just jumped into the th- yeah the other quicksilver's do we, here do we do we jump into it or do we run right into this yeah. Quicksil- quicksilver's here quicksilver's Aww, quicksilver quicksilver's back but it's the fox quicksilver and ah, oh my I- god Josh, this is a monkey's paw for me because since since this started, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, I want Quicksilver, I want Quicksilver, and the universe was like, you will get your wish, but with a twist. With a twist. And I have so many feelings about this and thoughts and things to go Good. through. I'm glad because we have a podcast about it. <laughs> yes, um, and I don't know if we want to. Do we want to start there? Where do we? Do well, we want to start with this? Well, so obviously, like uh, this is this is a really uh, there's a lot happening in this episode. We've the got, longest episode, I think. Yeah, I think so too. You know, we've got the twins are growing up quickly. We've got uh, Billy and Tommy are like uh, our ten year olds by the end of this episode. I think you got to imagine they'll be like teenagers, if not older or a little younger, by the end of the whole 
whole thing. Actual characters primed and ready for the Young Avengers. Yep. You've got Wanda um, actively engaging S.W.O.R.D. in this episode, like breaking the bubble. Yeah, that moment. We have... we, (laughs) we, We have a big scarlet bubble. We have the news that there is no, like... Not news necessarily, but kind of confirmation within the MCU that she's just Wanda Maximoff. She's just yeah. Wanda. No code name. You gotta imagine if we're getting a code name by the end of this thing. She's definitely, if they're calling the thing the Hex, uh, and it's a scarlet color in hue that the Scarlet Witch kind of writes itself. Um, so there's some reputation building that's happening here. We've got confirmation, Kevin, that, um, Vision's dead body has indeed mm-hmm. been resurrected and reanimated by wanda and uh we also have vision is making discoveries about the true nature of westview uh that wanda is uh well i mean i guess this is worth debating at some point whether we want to do it now or later i would advocate for later uh that wanda is uh implied as the person who is in the heads of everybody but i think what we get from norm when he says that it's just like she's in my head right there's could, a lot there to talk about. There's so much could, to go into. Could on very, this one. could very well just be Agnes and and not Wanda or some amalgamation, right? It could. There still could be another shoe that's dropping here about the degree to which this is all Wanda versus Wanda and someone else. Um, but Vision knows that shit is messed up now. That hasn't been wiped from him as at the end of the episode, but it has been um, placed to the side, perhaps, Kevin, by the very big reveal. At the end of the episode, which absolutely is the place we need to start because it's the big headline. And I would also say I'm very happy for you, Kevin, but this was like the worst kept secret in casting in a very, very long time. A lot of people, including myself, who knew that Evan Peters would be on the show in some capacity. The great insinuation being that he would probably be Quicksilver. Uh, And indeed, here he is, Uncle Pietro. She recast her brother. We've, she did. We've got the we've she got the did. we've got the Fox version of Quicksilver is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the implications are myriad. So let's get this let's get this part out of the way, right? Like I think if you've listened to this podcast, if you listen to everything in Super, if you've listened to the Age of Ultron episode, you know that I personally like the uh, Marvel Universe version of Quicksilver, the Aaron Taylor Johnson version, um, more than the Evan Peters Fox version. Uh, so for me, like seeing Evan Peters and the implication of him possibly taking over that role is, I have complicated feelings on. I would have preferred Aaron Taylor Johnson. I don't know personality wise, how the Quicksilver we see in the Fox movies fit the Marvel cinematic universe necessarily. So there's a lot there for that. So my feelings are just like, Oh man, I really wish it was Aaron Taylor Johnson as Part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As part of WandaVision, however, hilarious. This is so on point, though, right? That's the thing. The recasting Pietro, especially if you're going into the 90s, seems spot on. At a point where, like, famously so, Aunt Viv from Fresh Prince was recast. Uh, Harriet from Family Matters was recast. Like, this is an era where I think recasting kind of happened and characters appeared and disappeared. Plus, if we're going into like the full house universe of it all, right in the nineties, um, there was a reference here, obviously to full house and maybe that's the only one, but you got him coming in with a letter jacket and a very like 
Uncle Joey meets Uncle Jesse attitude here. Or I guess Joey, because I recently found out they never actually refer to him as Uncle Joey in the show. So a Joey meets Uncle Jesse situation, which feels very spot on. So I'm really interested in that aspect. I think that part of it is so correct for what we're experiencing in the sitcom world that it makes total sense. But as a like, as a Quicksilver fan, I'm just kind of like, ah, man, okay. Uh, All right. All right. We'll see where we'll see where we end up. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's happened because this was one of those things where like, if you pay attention to this stuff online in like fairly close detail, almost like it's your job. uh, Like it was hard to miss that Evan Peters was going to be on the show. Uh, to the point that I did not miss that Evan Peters was going to be on the show. So I'm glad I don't have to like hold that punch back. And this is really the only thing that I know about the show now. Um, but it made a lot of sense when I, when I heard about it and then it clicked a lot when it was like officially he's Quicksilver. Um, because we know that we're going into the multiverse of madness and we know that, you know, there are going to be, um, you know, multiple, uh, or at least we, it's suggested that there's going to be multiple Spider-Man in, uh, the upcoming Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie. Yeah, the Spider-Man. Um, you know, so it, it, it tracks that. Sort of. In, right? it, 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 it tracks with that, that we would, uh, go back to, to like, sort of like, if we are opening up the multiverse in a very big, real way here, with Disney's ownership of Fox and therefore the X-Men characters that we would kind of enter that phase of the MCU via this character who was at the nexus point of this to begin with that simultaneously the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Avengers Age of Ultron was giving us Quicksilver at the same time that the Fox X-Men movies were giving us Quicksilver because there was shared custody of the character by virtue of the fact that he's uh, he's Magneto's son, or at least he's been Magneto's son at points in time. I don't know where we land on that in this moment in time. I would expect they'll retcon that. Well, uh, Evan Peters certainly is in, in the Fox version, right? Like, that's, that's mm-hmm. the tricky bit. I mean, for, for all we know, for all we know, Magneto is the person that was in um, Witness Protection and like Scarlet Witch was looking for her parents and showed up there. Like, who knows? Who knows what could be happening right now when Evan Peters shows up? Who like everything is out the door. Everything is crazy. And it could be like certain characters are coming in. Other ones are recast. My crazy theory and the only one that I have right now is that this episode established that Wanda cannot form something out of nothing. Right. Um, and she cannot apparently just fully reanimate the dead uh, people and and uh, dogs but um this could be a possibility where literally because she can't do that she ripped a different quicksilver out of their world and put him into this world i mean we to be fair we don't even know is this a quicksilver of powers like right like we haven't seen him run yet so like that could be something that's new um, we don't know the relationship situation in terms of like who the, is Magneto the parents? Like there's like, does Evan Peters then, if he is from a different universe, remember that? Like what would he know once this is all over? So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of questions that are being presented here and a lot of, well, I only have the one theory because I don't, I don't know what other theories sure. I have. Yeah. Besides like it's not anyone at all and it's just a coincidence that he was just a normal townsperson that she made look like, like that. I don't know. You know, there, there is the, the argument that it's just like a very meta wink and nod at us, the smart viewer who knows that Evan Peters also played Quicksilver. And so that like right. something that they're doing here is like taking advantage of, um, the, like if they're going into multiversal stuff that they are like, 
uh, level setting us through this character, not being literally the Fox X-Men Quicksilver, but now being like this other version of Quicksilver plucked from elsewhere in the multiverse and is now going to be our new MCU Quicksilver or something like that, right? Like, there's a lot of different options here and we just don't have the clarity quite yet. But one of the options is that this is the Fox Marvel Quicksilver and that certain Fox Marvel characters are just going to come in. We know that there's going to be a Deadpool 3. So we know that they're going to do that with Deadpool to some degree. Um, who else could they do that with? Could we get Fastbender as Magneto? Could they be bringing him and McAvoy in? Could that be something that they want to be doing with those versions of, of Magneto and Xavier, which I know, uh, you know, there would be mixed feelings about. I think it would be cool to recast. I think it would be, uh, neat to start over. It would certainly be my preference. Um, so if this is like going to be like Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's answer to like how to incorporate the X-Men is going to be what we'll just take all of the people from Fox and do it. Like, I really kind of don't want that. I, I hope that they're going to start on a fresher foot because I think that stuff is so murky and muddy anyway, but, it could be like a fun sort of cheeky way of like getting us into the multiversal idea to begin with. It could be as simple as that, which is a funny way of describing something so complicated. It's it's yes. And so there's, there's two things uh, that are a possibility. Um, obviously I think that is a way to do it, right? Like you have people ripped in from the universe. You could bring in all these other uh, characters. I do think, I think it'd be better to recast fully at this point, just to give us something a little bit different, a little something new, a little more diverse. Um, but um, I think there's another theory. I actually will say it's not my theory, but someone this was given to me and we discussed it with uh, one of my good, good friends, uh, uh, Sheldon Price, who while talking about this, um, if this isn't, if this is a townsperson, right? A person who happens to, be played by Evan Peters, but lived in this town that has now been recast and is just like, this is Quicksilver now. He is, he, she has mutated this person right into a different character. We know that Westview has a certain population, not a huge population, but like about a thousand people we don't know and haven't seen. If this is going House of M style, right? Like this is, if this is House of M, uh, which is a comic book event that is closely tied to this House of M, for people who don't know, famously ends with Wanda Maximoff essentially decimating the mutant population by saying a very specific phrase that has become very famous, where she says, no more mutants. And a bunch of them get wiped out. This could be the inverse of it. Hey, inverse where- is the new place that I'm going to be working at. <laughs> yes, it is. Which, congrats, weeks. Joss, on the air. I yeah, said to you, I am the between ourselves, but... TV and movies editor of inverse.com starting February 22nd. So you 22nd. are responsible of this. this you could be, you're doing this. This could be completely my fault. Go check out inverse.com. <laughs> subscribe. It's a really cool site, and I'm super stoked to get started. Anyway, back to you, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> After that, uh, that sponsorship, I guess. Um, so, if, if this is that, right? You could flip the phrase, as Sheldon has said, I can't claim credit, but put in a very specific comma, and instead of no more mutants, be no more mutants. And all of a sudden, Westview is ground Ground zero zero. for the existence of mutants in the Marvel Universe. And Wanda has brought into fruition a ton of mutants. The X-Men have now exist through Wanda Maximoff. Yes. Uh, that would be crazy and so I, wild, but real, real interesting. I saw a great tweet from Rusty Shackles online that was basically this, that like, uh, it was going to, and it's like a three image tweet, maybe four. Uh, 
and no, it's three. Uh, it's it's the close up on Wanda in the comic book saying no more mutants, and then it cuts to Lionel Hutz, uh, like bent over a desk. Oh, yeah, where he does the thing. Yeah, yeah, like uh, like uh, re like inserting a comma. Uh, yeah. It's like the, he, he's like this isn't right, and then it cuts to no more mutants, but it's the comma after no yep. more mutants. Um, no down payments. No down payments. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So like. I love that idea, and I think that that could work whether or not it's like the recasting and she's mutated someone into being Quicksilver and then gets the idea or whatever spins out of that. It could be as simple as like this Quicksilver, uh, like suggests to her by his existence, whether things he's remembering or by or if she like gets more of an idea of like where he literally comes from, if that's like the days of future past Quicksilver. Um, and not for nothing here, here he is in like the eighties turn of the nineties, which is where he exists in days of future past. Uh, <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> and, and X-Men apocalypse, um, that like, it could be that like she gets the window into that world and decides that's a thing that she wants to bring into ours, you know, quote unquote ours. Um, but either way, I think this being, you know, th- there's, there's a reason why people got horribly spoiled on Friday if they didn't watch WandaVision early enough. Not only was Evan Peters trending on Twitter, but so was X-Men. X-Men was <laughs> trending on Twitter. And a big so I pe- don't go on Twitter on Friday. Yeah, be careful. Don't don't go online until you've watched WandaVision. My morning ritual now on Friday is literally wake up, start watching it, and that's it. Like I don't check anything. And so I wake up extra early to make sure that I it's the first thing that I do. Um, it is a great argument. Like you and I could argue until we're blue in the faces in opposite direction on the weekly versus the binge thing. I won't back down and I know you won't either. Um, but I do think like just release that at like a good time for everyone, please. I think we are both, we were actually talking about that long and hard, uh, at, in my household, um, because, you know, we discussed like, does, does this week change my, my, my POV on like, the weekly versus binge? Out at 9 PM I don't want to go into put that. Put that out but, at 9 PM Eastern yes. and 6 PM Pacific. That, right. that shouldn't like, be hard. Why, why, like, Game of Thrones did that, you know, like, shows that have, like, such a following and I think works for the weekly format, whatever. But I think it, 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 it that having a time period where everyone can kind of watch as opposed to the midnight release, I think it is way better. And I think it allows for people to not be spoiled. So I think you and I are very, very just on point on totally, this one. Totally, 100%. About, like, does not need to be a midnight. Just yeah, put it at a reasonable time, please. Just put it at a reasonable hour, please. Uh, you know. and, and so uh for and i get that like it's complicated because they're like trying to like juggle that with the world because it's like simultaneous release they don't want to spoil anyone anywhere so like i get that it's hard to like find the right time but like man it sucks that it's at 3 a.m eastern time uh anyway irregardless uh x-men was was trending um because i think it feels to me kevin like no matter what version of this shakes out yeah the fact that quicksilver is back and yeah that he's been recast is very compelling and very compelling on a multiversal level, potentially. But this is, in a very real way, probably like the debut of the X-Men in the MCU. It happened. It just happened. You, you, you know how excited I am about that. Make Norm Cyclops. Actually, don't. I mean, I don't think that actor is like, it could probably do serious enough to be Cyclops. I don't know. I, I mean, the, the lot, guy but... who played Norm had a very uh, complicated acting uh, he did. Uh, this very opportunity. He this this week uh where like he had to like snap from like pure sitcom to like terror and back again yes um so i actually uh i don't know give him cyclops but like give him something good oh give him something good but like for me i was like give him cyclops because i would lose my mind if there's a brown cyclops but you know uh like 
can you imagine? Like, you just have, and again, since we haven't seen all the townspeople, I think there is a very high possibility that you can populate this town with whoever you wanted, and like they could, you could go from there and see where where the shifts and changes happened. Um, it's all obviously all theory right now, right? Like, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know what we know, we don't know that we don't it's know. Almost, that it's we almost know. fun that we get to have all these different podcasts where we can like stop down and like really chew on those theories and like talk that through together and just like you know spend a week like really thinking about that. We're not doing this. We're not. We're not doing this. We're continuing. Um, but I, I'm so, I'm so hyped. I'm really, I'm really curious to see where where they take it. Um, this was a great example for me though of like the difference between like knowing something and then seeing something because like i knew evan peters was coming to the show didn't know 100 percent for sure that he'd be quicksilver but like it makes a lot of sense and then seeing it and then like now really being like all right this is our reality and these are the ramifications and oh my god what is this gonna look like is uh, really really fun to chew on and it isn't you know there is another x-men reference of a sort that 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 uh that that was picked up on here which is really cool and is in the big scene the confrontation scene uh wanda walks out and everyone has their guns on her. And she just, with a flick of her wrist, turns the guns on themselves. Yes. One of the awesomest scenes in the first X-Men movie was Magneto walking out of a building, a bunch of guns drawn on him. And he he says, like, you homo sapiens and your guns. And he just turns the guns on them because he, yep. he is Magneto and he can do that. Um, and it is very reminiscent of that moment. You have a lot of Wanda Maximoff acting very, very much like her father in that moment, which I thought was really cool and really interesting. And I do think that is purposeful. 100%. Uh, someone, someone else actually caused something wild. And like for a show that I think in the MCU is so specific that there was a headline in the newspaper that um, uh, Vision was reading. That it was something about like house of something or, or home something. And when he gets up, he folds the newspaper and very specifically the folded newspaper, the headline now just shows HOM. So I, <laughs> house of M. I feel yeah. like there's a lot there that's, you know. Yeah, I think WandaVision's doing House of M. I think WandaVision yeah. is doing a, sorry again, inverse House of M. <laughs> I really do. I think I think that's happening. And I think that's awesome. Well, we are in the House of Maximoff right now. Literally, this show is taking place in the House of Maximoff. You know, and like, I feel like there's a world in which that could have been the title of this. Um, but that almost like tips it off too much. So yeah. now it's like sort of, it, but what's cool about it is sort of like this creeping terror, Kevin, of like, oh God, is this what we're watching? And it's like both like terror and excitement, but it is really scary. Like this show is getting really, really, really scary. And I think it's, effe- it's especially effective because of the way that it is wielding its structure like the big confrontation between vision and wanda taking place and her like snapping the credits to rolling uh so that she could just like end everything but then like everything like pushing past that was just outstandingly cool her saying can't i and then their credits start rolling oh she's mm-hmm. so good and she's so evil as she's well. so good evil strong but like she's there uh she's doing evil things she's doing a lot of evil things yeah um there's some things she's doing that you know it re- we really will have to get like extraordinary clarity in terms of like what is her um actual level of involvement on some of this stuff but some of the stuff that she's doing is clearly her and is going to be like really hard to walk back right and that's i think so if if there's one part i'm a little nervous about and it's because of my like tendency to worry about how 
uh, entertainment approaches certain things and what they want to do. And I, I know it's complicated. Like I, I was worrying about the idea and, and to an extent where it, I mean, maybe it is someone else like, you know, um, Monica Rambeau seems very keen into believing that like, this is Wanda's grief. Maybe someone's manipulating her. And if they want to make, you know, the, the head of sword, a bad guy or whatever, then he, then he, he, he's, he's wrong. And, and is he so sure that it is just Wanda? And I, I feel like that, that I don't like that. I don't like the idea that, that it is someone manipulating her to an extent. I mean, you'd have to do a lot in order to completely like abdicate, you know, abject, whatever the word is, like wipe the slate clean, um, wipe the ledger for her in this. And I really don't want that to come out that way like Get that the scene with Norm. out of her ledger i think is what you're yeah there for. you go thank yeah. you sir yeah i got you um but like i worry about that right like i worry that like her coming out the way she did that was her and maybe someone is messing in her mind sure and you could walk it back but i, I feel like there's something so much more interesting and powerful in this if it's not because you have someone with again with this power and like the idea of like oh well she she's she's in grief and it's just like yeah but what she's doing is very bad you can't just wipe that away with grief and i think for me there is something interesting about the fact that something so terrible is being done and we're willing to give her the benefit of the doubt and part of it is just like well i guess white women do get away with a lot right like there's something interesting there where it's just like if this was like in the real world context like would 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 the standard be the same um also interestingly though i will say uh this was pointed out and uh Wanda's accent comes and goes. Yes, it does. And I don't know how I feel about the fact that the only times it was most prevalent was the time she happened to be evil. So that's, uh, I don't think that's on purpose. I think that is something interesting. And I think it was, you know, not really thought about in that way, but point of order, not great where the only time she had the heaviest accent were the two times that she was actually very bad. Yeah. One thing, um, one thing that I would like about it is if it was consistent with her in Infinity War and Endgame, right? Like if she still had the accent there, then like this would represent a moment where she's uh, breaking reality. Uh, she's like breaking her reality and then stepping into actual reality and like being who she really is. Um, but that would have to be consistent with the fact that, like, she didn't ditch it in Endgame and Infinity ish, War. Ish. I will say this. I will say this. As a person who comes from a family of heavy accented people, um, and for a while had an accent and tends to drop into an accent depending on how, who I'm around. This is very, very tied to code switching. Um, that can happen. Uh, when you're not, like, I, I think, you know, Endgame is obviously a lot of drama and a lot of stuff, but I do think, Thinking so much about her past, really delving into her again herself, you can, it falls away. And I don't think it's always conscious. And so that can happen. So like for me, it coming back in that way isn't necessarily, um, I think out of left field fully. Um, cause I, I, I do see it happen. It happens to me. I've been around my family and Robin will sometimes double take when all of a sudden I'm, I'm talking very differently. Yeah. Uh, just because I get too excited. Um, but. At the same point, that does tie into the thing, though. Like, I think that's fine, but because it's inconsistent, it means that it's only happened when she's evil. Sure, no, that makes sense. That tracks. Um, it's so it's she's just she's very she's, she's, she's so great. <laughs> she's very very good at being very ambiguous, and and I I would like to think that first of all, to your Magneto point, you know, Feige worked on X Men, 
you know, he comes from there. So like, there's no way that's not, um, especially, you know, the potential daughter of Magneto, like mm-hmm. there's, there's no way. And, and this, and that, if anything does make me wonder, like, will they go there? You know, that's such a compelling part of, um, the Scarlet Witch to begin with. And now that they've got all of these characters, is there going to be like some sort of hook either somewhere here in WandaVision or towards the end of, uh, of this show of letting us know that Magneto is out there? And like, does that now become like something that we were never anticipating was going to come this early? Like, how do you follow up Thanos is a question that we've been asking a lot. Uh, just in like the years since Endgame, the time since Endgame, it would be different. But Magneto is definitely an answer. You know, I think I think Magneto. I mean, Magneto compared to Thanos is tough because I think Thanos is decisively a villain. And as much as like, but I think like be a villain in like an. I mean, like as far as an event, yes, yes, for sure. And I think it could change the Marvel universe. Thanos changed the Marvel universe, and I think a Magneto can change the Marvel universe. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and thinking about it more, like, honestly, we don't know how it ends. Like, I'm talking about Westview, maybe everyone there mutates, but literally, if she says it and that field explodes and ripples across the world, you all of a sudden have random mutations happening. Monica came out of there, and she's different. As far as we know, her scans were blank. Something's different about Monica Rambeau. Rambeau. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Does that track to anything from from the comics for Monica Rambeau? She's a she is a superhero in the comics. Yes, she's she's a Captain Marvel at, at a certain point, right? Yes, I believe she go. I think Photon is is one of her uh, code names, which was her mom's uh, air name, yeah, or a, a, a fighter pilot name, and um, uh, she was Captain Marvel as well. Uh, Captain Marvel, who did come up in this, this movie had, this episode had a lot of references. Sorry, I'm like branching, but like we talked about the hex thing, which is definitely a meta reference, but I love the references also to, 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 to the code name Scarlet Witch. No, she's never had that, which is a conversation I think people have had. And also the, the endgame conversation about her and Captain Marvel setting up the Thanos, another conversation that has happened amongst the fandom. So I thought that that was interesting that was brought, that uh, Captain Marvel was brought up. Monica, though, not too happy when Captain Marvel was brought up. So it makes me wonder what happened, uh, between their beefing. They're beefing yeah. for whatever reason. Maybe it's because, uh, Carol was gone while her mom was sick. Like there's a lot of possible reasons. And also one of the things that I think is, is compelling about that is like, could something have happened between, you know, the end of Captain Marvel and and now-ish? So, like, would we be, like, flashing back to seeing some sort of disagreement between Carol and S.W.O.R.D.? Um, you know, the fact that, like, well, I mean, if you think about it timeline-wise, right? Like, so the blip happens and Carol doesn't blip out uh, and neither does Maria. But Maria dies at some point post blip while Monica is gone. So we know that Carol like goes to the far reaches of the universe to like do all the things that she's doing. Is there going to be like some version of, uh, of Monica being like furious with Carol for like having stepped out like while she was gone? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of different story possibilities with that, but it's very clear that there is a rift there, which is compelling considering, uh, you know, Captain Marvel 2 is not terribly far down the horizon. So this is already like setting that up to a certain extent. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot that's I mean, this, this this show seems to be setting up a lot of things for the future, which is all very interesting and all very fascinating and all very exciting. Yeah. Um, And certainly like I think and again, I, I think what they're doing is really interesting. I love that we're that they're now we're getting the, the two split worlds. I think that's a smart move. I hope all the episodes are a little bit longer. So I think there's a little bit more meat into each one of them and, and we're getting more Jimmy Woo and more Darcy, which 
I will never be tired of. Um, I like that we're getting, you know, answers to questions while having more questions be, be presented. Um, yeah, there's just a lot in there. And again, like I, I'm, I'm, my only hesitation is, 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 is how they ultimately end it with, with the stuff. Cause I, I think that, you know, painting, having Monica be, you know, going through her own grief, um, I think is, is great. And, but I think you have a, you can have a cool contrast there, right? Like Monica's experiencing grief. And so she's trying to, almost project her own grief through Wanda to be like, you know, we can't blame her. But at the end of the day, maybe like, I think it's, it's better if like you can, because there's different ways of, of, of dealing with grief. And there's some that's destructive and involve mass harm and uh, others that aren't. And I think, you know, um, I think that'd be interesting. I, I think one of the things I like, for example, about the last Jedi is that your heroes don't always have to be right. They don't always have to have the best correct plan. They are proven that like, no fools. There's other people who are in charge who, who, who maybe know better. And I think that's okay. And I think that like, uh, it could be interesting to that. I'm not saying like, you know, that one dude who, who, who put a bullet on the drone is, is, is correct. Although I, again, I can sort of see where he's coming from. I don't agree with it, but when you're dealing with someone of that power level, like Lex Luthor, sometimes you're just like, Oh God. You know, is this what they can do? Jesus. Right. Um, yeah. The danger of it all. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's going to be really important that they, they, uh, land where we, I don't know, that they, they land the Wanda drone very carefully. And I'm optimistic because for the most part, Marvel Studios hasn't given me a reason not to be. Absolutely. This does also recontextualize Multiverse of Madness, doesn't it? Like, we thought it's going to be like, oh, a trip through the, the the multiverse. But it's just like, oh, no. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, the idea of, like, if she is pulling people from other universes, that, that's a whole new ballgame into what the Multiverse of Madness is. And, you know, the idea of Doctor Strange almost being a doctor to Wanda to help her through this is really, really fascinating. Yeah, I think that that could be really cool. And, of course... An important consideration is what role, what function does Wanda Maximoff serve in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Is she his partner in crime through it, trying to fix what she's done? Is she making it worse? Is she making it worse by accident? Is she making it worse on purpose? Um, things to consider. We don't know. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on this? Because like... Accident and on purpose is a really good question because I think this episode still hasn't really solidified that. It's actually walked it back a bit. Like, what do you, how much do you think Wanda is so, doing and what is like capable of? So I think because we're still halfway through the show that like other shoes have to drop. And so certainly Agnes is a, is a person of interest. And then like, what are we not even looking at? You know, is there going to be something huge with Ralph who she keeps mentioning? Is there going to just be like something else? You know, um, so I expect that there is something else. But like to walk through like a hypothetical is like if someone's manipulating Wanda, Wanda at least understands to a certain degree that the world she's in is illusory and the people who are in Westview are not in control of their faculties. Whether it's her who's keeping them down or somebody else, she is still immersed in inaction at best, right? When it comes to these people, she's not saving them at the very least. Um, so at the very least, she's complicit. Uh, like there's, whether this was like an accident and like someone manipulated her powers and now she's like leaning into it because she wants to protect vision and the kids. Um, but isn't necessarily even the one who is like 
responsible necessarily for like people for like Norm, you know, like, that it's not Wanda in Norm's head. She's not doing anything about it. Um, that needs to be reckoned with. Uh, and I think that that works really well with my, um, not just my understanding of the, of the character's comic book history in which she is like so complex in this way, but frankly, the MCU's own history with Wanda Maximoff, um, and the ways in which she's been a complex character that, you know, she began in an, in an antagonistic fashion, but not without justification, you know, with a really, um, you know, traumatic backstory that became all the more traumatic when her brother, uh, gets killed in front of her effectively. Uh, you know, and, um, she becomes an Avenger and like there's a moments of redemption, but she's so out of control with her own powers that there's this huge accident that occurs that's laid at her feet that she then gets broken out for because Captain America, maybe misguidedly, is like she should be totally on the loose right now, you know, and then she has two years on the loose. And she's finally like finding some semblance of normalcy in some, you know, whatever form that takes with vision. And then he dies twice in front of her once because she did it. Uh, and she immediately goes from that to the world ender Thanos. And great reference this week of everyone being like, uh, Wanda could have done it. You know, if she hadn't been interrupted, Wanda was going to kill Thanos. And then there was also like Captain Marvel could have done it. Uh, so one of the things that I love about that is the implication there of like, so there's definitely like just like TikToks of uh, the final battle from Endgame. <laughs> you know, uh, the movie we saw was a documentary. You know, so it was just a, a field, a crew on there, like the like first person camera style. Just like, what are you doing recording? I have to, I have to keep the truth or uh, whatever the line. A hundred percent. You know, like that. <laughs> that is that is happening. But like that arc, that whole arc is already really complicated. And so like, let's keep pushing that line. I think is really. Um, part and parcel with the character that thanks to this show in a very big way, Wanda Maximoff probably like, I don't know, let's, let's think about it and tell me if this is off base that Wanda Maximoff of all of the main Marvel cinematic universe characters is our best avatar for like the destructive power of grief. Um, I think is such a cool character. And if they play that honestly, then that's great. Um, if they then try to play it as like, well, she was just out of control and now she's a superhero again. I think that that's going to be tough to swallow. That's why I don't think that's what it's going to be. I think, yeah, and I think there's ways to, to, to hit it, right? And I do think the destructive power of grief is such a power, it's literally a very powerful thing. But I also, I think I mentioned this before because you have the idea of the destructive power of power. Um, and you have someone who, you know, where she's just like, I didn't do that, you know, when, when Pietro uh, knocks at the door and Vision obviously doesn't trust it because she's done it before. Um, like how much is she, is she, you know, maybe there's someone controlling her, but maybe it's also subconscious. You have a person who doesn't understand what their powers are and can and can, are fully capable of yet and are possibly learning. If her subconscious wanted to do something and her subconscious could just do that, that's really fascinating, right? And I've talked about it before about like the, the people in the Marvel Universe in the comics who have had this power all have gone bad because there's a, there's such a high possibility. If you, if you know, I think I was talking about this in the in the in the post show recaps Discord, which you can join by signing up for our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash post show recaps and join the Discord channel in which we discuss comics and movies and even have a DD channel. Where you can play Dungeons and Dragons with both me and Kevin. No, that's yes. not a joke. You can play Dungeons and Dragons with me and Kevin. Patreon.com slash post show recaps. Explore. 
Yes. Uh, but, you know, we're, I was talking about this there where it's the idea that, like, if you have the power to change reality, what does reality mean to you? What does anything mean to you, right? Like, you, you have the ability to shape it as you will. If you didn't want this person to exist, if you're just like, you're hurting a person, that person isn't, doesn't exist. Snap your fingers, they're gone. And you could probably wipe them from everyone's memory. Like, the, the idea of what is real and what isn't is so... Like, the draw of that is very powerful, is very dangerous, but walking it back, I think, is where you, you hit those those strides, you need to get it right. And I think the idea of someone who went that far, but wanting to be good, uh, is is really interesting about wanting the choice to have that power and do good with it and fix your past mistakes is heroic in and of itself. Because when you have that sort of power, it can be an emotional struggle to contain yourself. And I think that is a bit of heroism in itself. It's one of the things like I like about Superman. You have a person with all that power, and the only thing that keeps him in check is his heart. That's that's something really fascinating and interesting about that. Like they can do anything. Wanda Maximoff, Jean Grey, they can literally do pretty much anything. And it has to be them because they're the only ones capable of doing it to stop themselves from doing so. So there's something really interesting in that. And especially when you've walked the line, how do you walk it back? And what does redemption mean after that? I think there's ways there that are really fascinating and interesting. And that could be part of the, again, the multiverse of madness that comes in. There's there's so much potential here and it's so much awesomeness that that it, that is really just exciting and cool and fun. And I'm really pumped to see it all play out. Yeah, 100%. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Vision is indeed a, a walking husk of himself. Yeah. He's been resurrected. He's been resurrected. I love, I love that scene, though, because it, and to me, like that, that was a good moment where Monica, again, was so sure. But then you show that scene and maybe again. For all we know, Scarlet Witch got got possessed by like I don't know Doctor Doom before before walking into recover the body of Vision. But I like that that to be shown that she just be like, "Whoa, my God!" Like and I understand Monica should be mad that that wasn't shared with her. But um, like what a scene! I love that little video of her just like wrecking shot. And so I think I think that that's from a deleted end game. Uh, I believe that is scene. accurate. So you know, uh, I guess. Waste not, right? <laughs> Waste not, WandaVision, uh, I believe is the, is, the, the turn of phrase is yeah. the saying. Um, so yeah, I, I am, I am, uh, weirded out by that. I, I'm, I'm kind of pouring one out, I guess, for my theory that vision is like a projection of her, uh, her super ego, but how is he alive if the mind stone is destroyed? And I think like there's the thought, like, did she repair the mind stone? But there was also, if you'll recall, 
in this film called Avengers Infinity War that you and I watched as part of our Marvel Cinematic Universe binge that launched everything as super. Um, that vision theorized that maybe if you remove the Mind Stone, what you'll be left with are the best parts of me. You know, maybe I'll be all right. And so what has Wanda like filled in into like Vision's void? Right. Like what is there about him? Phrasing. That is uh, <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> what is what I is broke him. what is left? No, Wanda broke him. Uh, <laughs> what's left and how much how much of like Wanda's personality is what like and like Wanda's like heart and her desires and her needs and everything. How much of that is what is sentient within Vision? So I think that there is still a way in which, in fact, much more literally, Vision is alive thanks to being kind of like Wanda's superego. Um, the thing that I think is, uh, that feels likely to me is, uh, I, I think they're not going to go through all this trouble to bring, to bring Paul Bettany back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, literally bring Vision back to life only to kill him for a third time, Kevin. I hope not. I mean, like I think he's Vision's so back, and I and I hope that he's back for a good little while. I think that they've, for me, I feel like they've earned him being back in the in the universe. It's so crazy because, like, I think what you pointed out is correct, right? Like, that's a that's a good thing to call out because Shuri was on the process of removing the Mind Stone and leaving behind Vision, and they were forced to have to destroy the Mind Stone. I think. The, I would love that. I would love to, to them to figure out a way that Vision can survive past this because I, I Paul Bettany is doing so good in this, and I, I really would love that character c- to continue because I really ended up liking that character so much more as well. The second viewing around in the MCU, I think he really stood out. Uh, Robin and I were talking about that. Uh, we were also talking about uh, that she pointed out is just very very funny. She wrote a tweet about this, but she she made a specific reference with this week too, where it's just like the line. Between having, I guess, calling Paul Bettany in 2008, whatever it was, when you're doing Iron Man to be like, hey, you want to voice this, uh, this mechanical Jarvis? Yeah. To where he is now. Like, I, I don't think that was planned, right? Like, Jarvis isn't, isn't, uh, isn't vision in, in, in the comics. So, like, it just worked out that way. And like to call Paul Bettany and now, and now the line is like from that moment to him in a turkey costume holding two babies so he could take a fake photo for an opening credits to a pastiche TV show. Yeah. Is wild. Like that's so crazy and so funny that he, that like this is where you are now. It's, it's wild. Uh, so I'm glad that they're doing it. Like him in like the flannel shirt. Um, Torbjorn and Fraser, uh, the great Torby hit me up with this bit of feedback that a lot of great feedback, but I thought that this was the most important one, uh, was with all of the crazy stuff happening in this episode, we're not even talking about this. And what this was, Kevin, was Torby hooking me up with the photos of Vision as a baby in the opening of like the sitcom <laughs> section. Cause yes. there is just like, baby vision and like toddler vision and it is weird and it, it is, is like so funny <laughs> it's so great but like that was the other thing we didn't even talk about the the the, 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 the 80s right like i'm i'm so excited because like it seems to be a fusion uh specifically of two things like the moment the the credits started it's very clearly like oh this is family ties meets growing pains uh certainly their the, the their kitchen i was just like that is, a, that is the kitchen from family ties um which was really exciting really cool and we got that little full house bit 
which uh which is you know seeing them on the lawn which is so very obviously by the way to warner brothers lot i was like warner brothers lot um but like when they did the pull out of them sitting on the grass was very much full house right so i like i love that they that they did that i'm happy there was some growing pains because my my my, my prediction came through hooray um and yeah, like the flannel, the looks and styles was very in line, I think, with the time period. The terrible jokes with him with the pacifiers in there. The jokes were so bad. The 80s were terrible. The 80s were terrible with their sitcom humor. Yeah. But I loved it. I loved it as like that, that like perfect pastiche of that time period. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was great, but I, I'm also really happy that, um, you know, and this was something I was saying before, I think last week, I was like, I would be really upset if we didn't. Uh, if we just went back to sitcom as if nothing yeah. had happened, like you can't do that anymore, you know, toothpaste out of the tube. So I thought that they did a really great job, um, merging the, the two worlds. Uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy with how they're handling it. Um, I think, I think that they did great. Uh, the first time that Tommy and Billy age up, terrifying. And Amazing. then when Wanda's like, don't you do it again. Don't you do it again. I, I think that's also another thing, right? Like learning about grief and death, which poor Sparky. I'm just very sad about that for obvious reasons. Where I literally looked at my dog when, when, um, uh, uh, Agnes was just like, Oh, he just ate the azaleas. And I looked at Gus. And I was like, can you also not eat azalea? Like you can't eat anything. Everything is going to kill you. Uh, it's just, it's a very traumatizing thing being a dog parent. That's a, that's a, a much later version of this podcast from everything is super to everything is wonderful to everything is going to kill you. <laughs> the story of a dog's life yeah um but yeah like uh i love that it was it just was also a very special episode because it dealt with so much stuff it, it worked on so many levels it dealt with it grief. was another it was all it about with grief, grief and death which was a and and was a thing that happened in in a lot of these shows in the 80s especially like i think very special episodes in general were so prevalent in the 80s so once again they're just nailing it with all that stuff and um, the aging up of the kids though I'm glad that that happened because it really is setting up the uh, Young Avengers. <laughs> uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about uh, what's his face. Um, what is his <laughs> you know, name? What's his face? Hayward, uh, Tyler Hayward of Sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrea asks, Hayward is super sus. I feel like he's more of a Hydra type bad guy, but there's something wrong here. Is he a scroll? Um, what do you think? Are we how how sus are we of director Hayward? Is this just sort of like I don't know? He's like he's such a classic, he's such a classic archetypal, stereotypical Marvel Cinematic Universe white guy bad guy. Yep. You know, he's just like you know, like dude in a suit, you know, who's responsible for everything. Like they've and done maybe- this so like totally vanilla. They've done this so many times. Is this over just like over. is this just to subvert us? Like is this just like to I have us thinking so. in that direction? Well, that's what I'm saying. I hope there's more to him. I hope that he's just not that. I hope he's just not there to be like the scapegoat who's wrong and he shouldn't have had the job and whatever, whatever. Just because like it would be a little bit different. It'd be something different. Um, and like for me, looking at this, can he be a scroll? Certainly. Uh, is he shady? Yes. But it's so weird because, like, again, like, looking at stuff from his perspective, we can question his, we can question his decisions, but it's hard to question his motives. Um, because again, like, you l- look at what she, you saw what she's doing. You saw what happened with Norm. You saw what she's done. And you have someone with that much power. And so I'm, um, again, not supporting it. I would have done things very differently, but like, the, the, the danger and threat and fear to, to, to do what he did here, I think tracks. And I don't think it necessarily makes him a villain. 
um, so much as just a person who's making some bad decisions in, in how to handle a very a volatile situation. Uh, theory time, just to invert the... Um, inverse. Uh, the inverse of... Oh, I'm going to have a lot of fun doing that. Um, <laughs> the, the inverse.com, uh, which you should check out, Great site. I'm so excited. I'm not even no smoke. I'm so pumped. I'm really, really, really hyped. Uh, the inverse of that theory would be leaning off of far from home and the idea like the have the Cree infiltrated Earth uh, of like kind of like, you know, going like the uh, like turning secret invasion inside out. And instead of being like the scrolls shape shifting and taking over stuff or maybe in in concert with that, like it's possible there's two different invasions or something like that. Could Hayward be a Cree? Uh, could he be, you know, like a, a, a of a warmongering people, uh, you know, could be interesting, which could also lead straight into the secret invasion TV show. If Nick Fury finds word of that, right? Like, how does how does he react? What does he do? Um, there's uh, yeah, there, there's a ton of ways I think it can go. And it's really interesting. And um, I think some Cree scroll connection would make a lot of sense. Also, like if there's like if Wanda kind of has to deal with whatever, like if Wanda and Vision kind of have to like internally deal with their thing versus each other versus some other thing. Um, but you want to give like Monica a satisfying story and enemy to fight in here as well. I think having Hayward be Cree or scroll connects her just even deeper to stuff that we know is connected to uh, Captain Marvel. Absolutely. And I think that that does make sense. And I think that's a high, high, high possibility. Um, or he's Mephisto. Who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like Mephisto in here, because I know that there's like comic book history with Tommy and Billy being linked to Mephisto in some way, yes. shape or form. Just feels like a lot going on. If we are using this show potentially as like a vehicle to launch mutants and Satan. <laughs> Well, yes, I don't. I, I, I haven't subscribed to the Mephisto theory. Magneto uh, would that, be the much bigger deal and would be the much bigger surprise. And I uh, like now that we've like given voice to that, like I'm desperate for it to be true. Well, you also have a situation here, right? Where again, going to the mutants thing, like you have a setup of all of these people of sword seeing the potential power of a mutant through Scarlet Witch and all of a sudden there's a ton of more of them it really sets the sets up the X-Men as they are in the comics as a group that are feared and hated and i think there's something really fascinating about that i think there's a lot of ways in and a lot of things you can you can play with in order to 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 bring the themes of the X-Men to fruition through through this event and through this show uh because again I think it's smart that they're just like, oh, no, these people can be very dangerous. We're, we're in serious trouble if they ever change their mind about how they feel about us. Um, Adam H. asked, uh, why does Vision make Norm go back to his old controlled self? Seems like he'd freed him and then just put him right back. Do you think it would have been wiser for Vision to keep Norm out of his bubble? Or like, is there more stability in keeping like does Vision have more power? If he's kind of going this alone, is it in a way kinder to Norm to keep him where he is until Vision can figure this thing out? I I do think it's kinder, but I also think that we don't know how far he could have gone. Right? Like he could have he he if if whatever he he did was then pushed out because Norm flew back into it through some other means. Vision doesn't know what's causing this. He doesn't know the danger of it. Him, him confronting Wanda could have been his way of trying to figure out what's happening. He doesn't know how powerful this this, this person is. Um, so I think there's a lot there where it, it, it's, are you going to pick the fight that you against an enemy you don't know and you may not win if you're the only person available to fight it? 
Uh, so there's there's a lot of questions there, and I think that that's a, that's a valid point too. Like, is it better? Or is it not? And I think it is better to just kind of leave him in that moment. Uh, the, the the old cipher from the Matrix: ignorance is bliss. From old Joey Joey Pants over there. <laughs> old uh, Joey. <laughs> uh, I love this from the great Ben behind the curtain, Ben Martell. Uh, he says, "I'm not so sure that the show is thinking that we should side with Wanda so much as it's anticipating that we want to." And so if it's going to change our minds, it has to change the minds of the people we trust on the show. I think that that's a really good take. I think that's a really it's good a take, take in terms of like, take. uh, you know, like if we are like really deep in with Monica and Darcy and, uh, Jimmy, like they are the ones who need to come to grips with the fact that like, yeah, it's Wanda or like, yeah, Wanda's at least culpable. Um, and if they are converted on that, we will be too. And I think that's that's actually really smart. That's really good. I like that a lot. And I, I now I'm like, I hope they do that. I hope that is the plan. <laughs> yeah. I guess we don't know. Um, yeah. uh, this is from Brian who says, did anyone else get the sense that Agnes was doing a spell on the twins with the lavender? Like maybe she made them grow. Uh, it definitely seems to catch Wanda off guard. Well, knowing what we know about Tommy and Billy from the comics, that Tommy is speed. And Billy is Wiccan. Yep. Um, do you buy that it's like Agnes doing something, or do you feel like this is like self-generated within Speed and Wiccan? Uh, I mean, within they Tommy looked, and Billy, they looked at each other when they, you know, made the choice. It feels like they made the choice to to get older between between can we keep the puppy and um, and they looked at each other when when they found out Sparky was dead and wanted to camp, uh, bring the dog back, like. I I think they are in control of it. Again, I mean, we we could get get like this is a long con game um from from Agnes and she is just the MCU's greatest actress and 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 illusionist. Uh but like again, last episode she genuinely seemed scared and in this episode the take it from the top moment was very scary and horrifying. So I do think can Agnes be involved? Sure. Um but she's also again like I think really well done into like playing this this part uh she's she's really really committed in a, in a way that feels almost unrealistic yeah uh so yeah i i, I don't know i i think the, the 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 theories about agnes are strong and and will she have a connection i think so um but i don't know i don't know uh, her being being involved just seems so less likely and might be like a somewhat out of left field and it only feels infield because we've theorized about it uh, this is from Hillary, who asks, who is going to be the one to call Wanda the Scarlet Witch first, Jimmy Woo or Darcy Lewis? Uh, I think it might be Hayworth. Yeah. He might be just like, what the hell is wrong with you, you Scarlet Witch? Yeah, and it's just like, is that wait. how that happened? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and she's like, ooh, I like that. That's yeah. good. Um, once again, from the Ben behind the curtain, he says, before this series is out, the entire world will be inside the bubble. <laughs> I mean, in what way? That, <laughs> I it, guess. that like, she'll amplify it. Uh, I mean, it's quite possible. Like, that's, again, the if it's a ripple effect or something, I think, I think the world is changing. The, the world is not going to be the same after this, you know. Worlds will live, worlds will die, and nothing will ever be the same uh, yeah. to steal from another universe. Which universe is that? That's DC Crisis on Infinite Earths. I don't know it. Um, I don't know her. Uh, <laughs> this is the last one. This is from Tessa. 
uh, Tesseract. Uh, Tessa says, during the episode, there's a scene where Monica and Dr. Darcy are trying to figure out how to get Monica back into the hex, back through the hex. And Monica then says she knows an aerospace engineer who'd be up for this challenge and proceeds to text someone before she's interrupted. Tessa says, my question is, who is that? Kevin, who is, is this yet another Fantastic Four clue, potentially? I mean, if we know it's coming and um, we need a way for the Fantastic Four to tie into some stuff, certainly there's Kevin, an aerospace engineer who is Monica Reed Richards going to show up on WandaVision? I don't think he's going to show up, but I think he might be referenced uh, maybe more in, in, in depth. Uh, or it could just be a throwaway. That's the, that's the joy about this, this stuff, right? Like, everything is like, could this mean something? Is this something? <laughs> Which is, that's the MCU in a nutshell. Every little thing could be a clue. Can I throw uh, out a very specific theory to you? Oh, I want to hear it, yes. Uh, that not only will Reed Richards show up in WandaVision, that this will be where they debut WandaVision, uh, where they debut Reed Richards, the reports of him playing Kang will be greatly exaggerated and Jonathan Majors is Reed Richards. Ooh, that'd be crazy. You In know fact, what? Though? Maybe playing both characters. It, it it's it's a possibility. Um, I think that'd be really fascinating. And that would really be like how you like sneak him under the wire of like, how do you cast someone as important as Reed Richards without us knowing and then having him drop somewhere unexpectedly? Uh, will you do it by like telling us that Jonathan Majors is playing somebody else? Uh, and also like maybe he still could be playing Kang because of the Reed Richards connections, but he's also Reed Richards and he's already been cast as Reed Richards. I mean, I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be a real, really like good rug pull. That would be shocking and surprising. Um, and honestly, at the same time though, like if you're going to introduce Reed right now, introduce Victor, might as well, like get them both in. Like uh, set set them up because Victor should be introduced. I think uh, at first as like a possible. Well, no, if they well, I'm still, college, I'm still know, feeling like Doctor Doom, Black Panther two bad guy feels good. You know, like have him in Black Panther two. Get like Latveria in. Have that be with Wakanda. Maybe get Atlantis in this way. Just like have it be all a bunch of like city spots would be really fun. That could be really interesting that, to have it that way. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's so tough because he's so tied to the Fantastic Four, but I think you can have a really solid Latveria drop. Um, I think Atlantis and Black Panther totally, totally tracks. And I think that could be really cool. Yeah. As a great way to introduce, uh, <laughs> Speedo McSpeed Spence. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's my highly specific. Probably not going to happen, but that's like my, I don't know if it happens though. How cool would that be, Josh? <laughs> that's like, that's like my big brain take is like Jonathan Majors is, Reed Richards. They've cast him already and they're going to be like, yeah, here's Jonathan Majors. He's Reed Richards. You idiots. It was right in front of you the whole time. And, I mean, gonna, that, and if that happens, I'm going to be like, ah, that was so cool. It is so cool. And just, again, the show is doing so much then. They're introducing so many things. And I will go back to my other statement that I have made where imagine if Black Widow was a reintroduction <laughs> as opposed to this. You know, just I, you know, uh, the reasons that this is why it's happening this way are terrible. Uh, but in in terms of like the MCU itself, I think this is a great first uh, Phase Four project. Yes, uh, I think it's just like it's such a tone setter. Black Widow really is going to feel very strange 
Yes. Unless it's yes. great. I don't know. Maybe it'll be like really, really great. And maybe it's going to be. Even if it's really great, it's still going to feel strange. Maybe it's going to be multiversal in its own way. We don't know. We don't know. Who knows? Yeah, th- at the end of the movie, and then Tasha Romanoff from that universe gets pulled into hours or something. Something like that. Yeah. Feels, feels possible. Anyway. Feels weird. <laughs> uh, anything that we didn't touch on that you want to touch on? There's so many things that it's almost impossible that we didn't miss something. Yeah, I feel like we hit all the stuff. We talked about the 80s thing. I'm curious about what the 90s are going to be. Um, I mean, there's certainly a ton of possibilities. The 90s is my jam. For all we know, it's Boy Meets World, which would be crazy. I doubt that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what 90s show is going to end up being. Do you have a Do you have a prediction, Josh? Um, if it if they don't do some full house, I'll be really surprised. Yeah, I really want them to, especially again, introducing Pietro. It, you gotta do something a little bit more than just the, just to pull out, uh, on, on, on the grassy knoll. But like, I don't know. It could be that Elizabeth Olsen's just like, nah, dog, you know, like, uh, it, it, it could be that. Who, who, who knows? Uh, but I would love to have some full house up in there. Oh, we didn't talk about the commercial. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was, uh, Lagos. Yeah. I mean, a, a reference to what happens in Civil War. Uh, with the blood on her hands that you can't yes. just quite mop up. Which if, I thought was only. very fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have that back. Um, no, I'm sure that there's, I'm sure that there's stuff doing like a quick mental scan. I, I wanted to talk about the engineer. I wanted to talk about the accent. We did that. Um, you know, Agnes is kind of just whatever. We don't know yet. Is she, is she Agatha Harkness? Is she not? What about like the, uh, vision talking about how there's no children? in Westview that that yeah I uh I joked I think uh, to to one of my friends I was just like well she can't create something from nothing so she used the other children to make Billy and Tommy oh <laughs> oh <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no just saying just was saying. that a line you can't make something from nothing well, it's that she's she like it seems to be that she's unable to just make something appear like just create a thing that it has to be based around something, right? Like the clothes changed, Monica's clothes changed uh, into in, into into the eighties look, uh, not eighties seventies look. Um, so you know if she can't like if that's the case, then she can't just make something happen. Uh, so she'd have to like alter something. So why are why are all the kids gone unless the kids are immune who knows but (laughs) oh my god look at look at this there's so many possibilities we could we could be having uh a reverse house of m uh the arrival of quicksilver could mean mutants in the mcu like we does um we theorize the the possibility of Magneto somehow showing up would be cool. Certainly a Magneto homage in this episode, which is dope. Reed Richards. Give me, yeah. give me Richards. Give me, give me Jonathan Majors as Reed Richards, please. Would be super fun. Uh, there's a lot. And we still have what? We've got, uh, we've got four episodes left, I think. Yeah, this was five. And I believe you said it was nine. This I show was rocks. Eight. This show's great. Yeah, it's nine. Uh, so we've got four more, Nine. four more episodes of WandaVision and I'm hyped. This show is killing it. I'm, I'm having a blast. This has been very, very, very fun and I can't wait to see where it's going to go next. And the best thing is like they don't give you previews. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. I actually, it's so weird when I watch like HBO, uh, like HBO Max, for example, and I'm watching like a show and it gets to the end 
and all of a sudden like a preview for the next episode starts and i'm so unused to that that like i'm i automatically think like the next episode has started and i'm like wait what's going on why is it cut this way and i was like oh wait uh it's <laughs> but i'm glad i don't i don't like seeing previews you know i i like going in blank so i think this is this is great to like not have to worry about. I always, like, I always skip the previously on too. I just like I don't want any tip off. I'm following it closely enough that I don't want to see that. You know, the only the only time you don't skip a previously on is in the X Men animated series to have that previously on, on X Men. Yeah, that's Cyclops's <laughs> voice, right? Yes. Um, man, <laughs> give us an X Men TV series and definitely continue that tradition, please. Well, this is the you know this is this is this is the one season, right? One season of Wandavision is what they said. So. There's a lot of other shows coming, but if WandaVision is done in one, you need another show, and you just introduced some mutants, there you go. I always, I was saying, like, when we were talking, like, I'd rather it probably the X-Men as a TV series rather than just a movie Well, look, man, the the very sad but real thing is, like, our, cult- our, well, our, our culture is shifting, yeah. you know, by necessity. Um, and so how do you lean into that? And one of the things that at the very least uh, has happened here is like, yet yeah, it's delayed and it, it's, it hasn't come to us quite as quickly as it was initially advertised. It was going to be December, but January is really not that huge of a delay in terms of like Marvel TV shows on Disney plus, but they're creating these things with big budget scale in mind and for it to like exist seamlessly in those worlds. And the proof is in the scenes in which Wanda steps out of the bubble. Like that yep. stuff looks like a Marvel movie. Um, so I think in the times we're living in, like creating these huge spectacle driven shows that are still like fascinating character studies and filled with rich dialogue and great jokes and all and, and the music and, and all of it, um, the like the elaborate history and the connectivity um, to be leaning deeper into the streaming model makes a lot of sense. You know, you get more story, you get more. Uh, or at least, um, if not more than at least the same cultural conversation around a thing, because it's continuing to develop. It's still got that. It it does have like that cultural presence um, for so many weeks because it's on for so many weeks and everything like that. So I think it makes a lot of sense. I think an X Men streaming show makes a ton of sense to me uh, to do that rather than an X Men movie. And I think that you will. I think ultimately we will see that these these shows are being treated with the same degree of attentiveness as the movies and frankly i think that like leaning towards that is the move i think that it makes a lot of sense to be leaning into that don't go away from the films but like there's just something really deep that you can do in this medium and plus i think you know like you said just such a cultural shift especially in america with movie theaters who who knows for how long and when people are gonna be super comfortable again with it although human beings adapt really quickly for for better or worse. Sure. Um but like uh I I think these TV shows could be such a great answer for them, right? Like to do these series and you know, again one thing about the weekly format I have mentioned is that the necessity for for something like Disney Plus is that they they need subscribers, they need to prevent churn from happening from people unsubscribing um after, you know, watching the the the, the week. Um so you have now a drip that's non-stop. Like people are going to keep subscribing. People like if this is the new MCU People are going to sign up for Disney Plus and just keep on trucking and keep watching these shows. So I think there's a lot there that 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 can make sense for them too, right? On the bigger scale, and especially if they're putting the budget behind it, I think the the payoff can be really great and really really interesting. And uh, yeah, just give me X Men, just give me all the X Men and more X Men, please. Give um, Kevin all the X Men. 
Yeah, I need it. I need it. I need the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of the X-Men. No, uh, also more mutants. Yes. <laughs> also, uh, do you think in uh, a Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness they're going to have like a um, almost like a like a not like a rock paper scissors, but just like a finger finger off about like Wanda doing some of these, and then Doctor Strange doing his I thing. I hope so. Just, yeah, just a lot of like finger maneuvers between the two of them. Shadow puppets. <laughs> uh, I'll repeat back to you though. Phrasing. Um, yeah. yeah. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Uh, all right. We've got WandaVision coming up next week. So much happening on Post Show Recaps. Just take a tour through postshowrecaps.com. You'll see all the lovely podcasts we are doing. And hey, come on in. Dip into the Discord. You know you secretly want to do it. It's, uh, it's between the two of us. It's just you and me right now, folk. Folks. Person on the other folk. side. Folk. The one person listening. You in. and me, folk. Our one viewer. Yeah, you want in. We know it. Just do it. We'll love you. You'll love us. It'll be great. You're going to have the best time. Patreon.com slash recaps. Come play Dungeons and Dragons with Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Don't play with me. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. Come Who knows play, what I'll do to you? Come play Dungeons and Dragons with me. I'm the robot barbarian Arnold. You know, don't yes. you want to, don't you want to meet Arnold and become friends? Uh, it's it's, it's really a blast. It really is, and like I, I definitely encourage uh, that aspect of it, especially if you're curious. It's really fun. It's very different. If you ever wanted to dip your toes into D and D, and I think this this is a great space for it. So great community, really fun times. Hit us up patreon.com/slash recaps. We'll be back next week. More Wandavision. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye bye. Bye. Stop right there. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.